Hello, good morning. My name is Nick Hobson, and today we're going to talk about idol worship. But before we begin anything, let's do a quick little survey. So anyone here who is a Fartigator fan, please stand up. Okay, so everyone's standing. I want you to do a couple chomps. Yeah, there you go. All right, thank you. So now anyone who is a Florida State Seminole fan, please stand up. There we go. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, thank you. So as we all just saw, most of us here have at some point been that crazy orange and blue or garner and gold guy in the stands screaming at a football field. As soon as I first saw that video, I knew that was me. I love playing and watching sports. Football season, of course, is like a holiday in America. College football rivalries are a legitimate reason for hating people you've never seen before based on the colors of his jersey. It just goes to show you that idol worship is something most everyone has experienced, and it's not just about golden calves anymore. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us here today. Let us open our minds and our hearts so that we may learn from you and apply these lessons into our daily lives. In your name we pray, amen. For those who don't know me, my name is Nick Hobson. I'm 17 years old and a junior at Plant High School and leader on the Merge Youth Council team. I've gone to this church for about six years now. Like I said earlier, I'm guilty of putting way too much time and attention into sports, but for me it goes beyond that as well. As I'm sure you all know, Being a junior in high school isn't exactly an easy time. You've got homework, all these different tests, I mean all these different things, sports, college decisions. It's just the daily struggle of being a teenager. That's a lot to juggle. Just about every day, I have to study the exams coming up, go to practice for the track and cross country teams, get all my homework done, and so on, and it can be overwhelming. I have a lot going on, and sometimes it's hard not to get weighed down. Whenever I get stressed out, I'll panic, and then I'll freak out, and then I'll make the situation a lot worse than it already is, as I'm sure some of you can relate to. These events and things I have to do just seem so big and important of tasks. And at my age, I'm just a kid, but I'm also growing up, and that leads to a bunch of responsibilities that can seem daunting as a 17-year-old. It was about a year ago that I became aware of just how much value I put into these things. At that time, I was only 16. My father currently serves in the United States Air Force and was deployed for the first time in June 2014 for one year. Because I had never experienced this before, the idea of not seeing him for 12 whole months seemed almost incomprehensible. At the same time, my older brother was reporting to college at the United States Military Academy in West Point. So in the matter of two days, the number of family members that lived in the same house was down to me, my mom, and my little brother. For the time being, my brother and dad were basically gone, and no one really knows what that's like until it happens to them. And because I took their presence for granted, I never really realized what happened until they were already gone. My dad is one of my biggest supporters. He'd be the one to tell me that I can do more, keep me in line, and make sure I was doing my best at everything. And although I could still talk to him on the phone, he wasn't here. He was in a foreign and dangerous place. Thankfully, he returned safe and sound, but the experience during that year put things into a really different perspective for me. 
My video games and sports teams just didn't seem all that important anymore, as I would easily have given them up in a heartbeat in exchange for my father to come home safe. My relationship with him and my family as a whole is just so much more important to me than any one of my games or homework or any other item, and that's the way it should be. This is just like our relationship with God. Our relationship with our Father is so much more important to Him than anything else, and it should be for us too. God wants to be a part of our lives, to be our biggest supporter, and to always be there for us. He wants our heart and the relationship that can grow from that mutual love and appreciation. I think that I began to understand that when my father came home, because I began to put my relationships within my family first and to lessen the grip that these superficial things like sports and school had on me. Because these were my idols, like the golden calves. They may not seem like much, but these thoughts and events in my life all demand my attention and try to become the center point in my life. And isn't that just what an idol tries to do? I forget what's really important and what I should be focusing on, which is God as priority one. And all of a sudden, my Sundays are too busy worrying about these other things, and I don't have time for God in my life. It's so easy to be sucked into this situation because we all have problems, events, achievements, and responsibilities that to us just seem so very important. Early on in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 21, Paul writes, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. If Paul were alive today, do you think this verse would be the same? Or would it read something more like this? For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of money and of entertainment and of vanity. If Paul saw today's world, he may still be writing that verse. The list could just go on forever. Idolatry seems like such an outdated term, something we associate with ancient civilizations or an Indiana Jones movie. But think about it. Aren't we all tied to some object or idea that we just can't seem to let go of? How many of us worry too much over our appearance or how much money we make or compare our happiness to someone else's? What about our cell phones or our jobs and our responsibilities? Now, it's totally understandable that we worry about these things. That's not the point. I know as a child I have to go to school, and I know every adult in this room has to work and make money, and this takes our time and energy and focus to perform well. We can't help that, and God knows and understands this. But what we do have a choice in is where we choose to place our faith. Will we have trust in God to see us through the tough times, or will we hide behind our money and jobs and homework and become lost? The point is, God's fit naturally into our lives. He should be a priority and a comfort that eases our worries. The burden of our many troubles don't have to be handled alone. All we have to do is listen and look beyond ourselves. Paul, later in Romans, also says, Don't be conformed by the patterns of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. The biggest takeaway that I would like to share with you is this. God has loved us for so long, whether we are lost or scared or happy. He is patient with us when we focus on other things and accepts us back with open arms. And if we just follow him and truly listen and act upon his word, we will be transformed in both our faith and our lives. Because after all, like Paul said, God's will is good and pleasing and mature, which sounds a lot better than our personal problems do. It's not always easy to ignore our idols because they demand our attention and try to distract us. But God has promised us that it will be worth it in the end. So why not follow? To finish, I'd like to come full circle and share a quote from a Florida Gators football player known around the country and loved by many. This man is Tim Tebow, who captivated the country through his play and shows of faith throughout his career. He was, for a time, one of the most famous people in America and a beloved football icon with fame and success coming to him every day. And yet, when asked about his journey, he says this, We play a sport. It's a game. That's all it is, is a game. It doesn't make you any better or any worse than anyone else. So by winning a game, you're no better. By losing a game, you're no worse. I think by keeping that mentality, it really keeps things in perspective for me to treat everybody the same. Our struggles don't make us any better or any worse than anyone else. This week, let us try to keep that perspective and remember what is really important. Let's pray. Lord God, help us see you in our lives. Help us all look beyond our differences and troubles that hold us back and remember that you are always there for us. Guide us to you and transform our minds so that we may see what is really important. So many people in the world are guided by their own hate and personal problems, but we can be better than that. Thank you for your unconditional love and let us be able to recognize it in our lives and begin to earn it. Amen. Thank you for listening to me today. We now have a small act that will perform based on the same theme of idol worship. Have you ever been asked any of those would you rather questions? You know, the ones that describe two strange or weird options and requires you to pick which one you would take if you had to. Like, would you rather have a belly button that dispenses ketchup or a nose that doubled as a pencil sharpener? Or would you rather be a giant hamster or a tiny rhino? That kind of thing. Here's a good one. Would you rather give up prayer for a year or your phone for a year? Um, hey. God. Look, whatever you want me to do, just let me know when I'm there. I mean, is there anything you want me to give up, or are we cool? I want you to give up prayer for a year. Are you serious? Yes, I don't want you to pray for a year. Like, not even a little? That's correct. What about before a meal? No. What about at school when they have a moment of silence? No. What about when I'm messed up, and I know that I'm messed up, 
and I know that you know that I messed up and I feel really guilty and I just need to tell you and make everything better. Not even then. Not even then. So you're telling me I can eat my wheel when I get it, I don't have to look stupid in front of my friends at school, and I don't have to have the obligatory I messed up talk after I sin? Thank you, Lord. High five. Or would you rather give up your phone for a year? Um, hey, God. Look, whatever you want me to do, just let me know when I'm there. I mean, is there anything you want me to give up? Or are we cool? I want you to give up your phone for a year. Are you serious? No, you want me to give up my phone for a year? That's right. What about Instagram? No. Snapchat? No. Texting? No phone! No phone? God, that's too much. Are you trying to kill me or something? You seem, you seem so willing to give up prayer, but your phone is too much? Two completely different things, God. My phone's important to me. And prayer isn't? That's not what I'm trying to say. Look, my phone keeps me connected to the world. Prayer keeps you connected to the creator of the world. Me! Yeah, but my phone has tons of fun things on it. And talking to me is what, a chore? Yes. I mean, no. Look, talking to you is great. Love it. But my phone's an everyday part of my life. It, um, it gives me directions, lets me communicate with my friends, gives me an outlet for my creativity, and, um, ooh, you'll like this, my Bible's on it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, keeps me informed on news. Um, my favorite sports. Oh, and it keeps me eyeballs deep in awesome memes. Look, here's a God one. Need an ark? I know a guy. You remember that, right? Yeah? All those things you just listed, I created each of them. You created memes? Not memes, but comedy, yes. All good things come from me. Yeah, but it's still not the same. Do you love me more than your phone? Of course, God. How could you ask that? I ask that because you seem so much more willing to give up prayers than that phone. It's kind of a harsh way to put it, don't you think? Is it? And forget the harshness of it. Is it true? I guess so. The good thing is, at least now you understand. Why is that good? Because until you see the problem for what it is, there is no way you can begin to solve it. At least now we can move forward. That is, assuming you want to move forward. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do.